Good evening, people of the world, and welcome to What the Funcast, episode how do you know it's one. Evening? What? I said, how do you know it's evening? Sorry, I just ruined your whole intro. You know. Well, listening to it in the morning. You know, if you're, okay, good evening, good day, good morning, good afternoon, there possibly go. good three in the morning, whatever your <laughs> local time is, thank you for ruining my little, my little jingle. Thanks, I appreciate it. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, useless, <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> You're welcome. welcome to episode one episode what the fun cast <laughs> episode 102 of what the fun cast i'm at his band forever indefinitely on this wonderful day january 19th 2021 not really a wonderful day actually every day is pretty shitty when it comes to the world right now but that's not why you're here you're here to listen to us banter about things that uh bring you joy and fun and all that good stuff so Anyway, I'm Paul, and joining me is Ahmed, the Jingle Runer, uh, and thank you for joining us. So, what's going on, Ahmed? Tell us about what's going on. Um, not much. I don't know. Um, I'm living. I'm laughing. I'm loving. <laughs> oh, my God. The way you turn live, laugh, love into a personality? Yep, basically. Um, no, not much. I mean, I haven't really done much in this past week. We were just talking about, like, what did we do in the past week? And it literally felt like we recorded last episode yesterday. I was like, really? It's been a full week yet? Like already, um, we cleaned. We, like over. <laughs> That's the reason why it feels like it was yesterday because we. I think we've pretty much been, we've been on like, I don't know. We've been in contact like over video chat or something most of the past few days. I think maybe. That's yes. Why. Yeah, but it's been nice. Like we just hang out over video and literally just clean. <laughs> like you're yeah, yesterday we literally. I'm throwing out clothes. Yeah. Yeah, we literally sat on video chat yesterday, and once before then, what was it? I don't remember what day it was. It was, like, the week before, two weeks before, I don't remember. We just sat on video chat, and it's, like, just doing our own thing, like, bantering here and there, but, like, just cleaning, getting donations together, and, yeah, it's good stuff. Good, good positive motivation. Yes, but but now I'm, I mean, I'm done with my cleaning. I know you still got shit to do, but I'll be there. No, my cleaning will never end. I'll just watch. But yeah, my yeah. oh my god, I feel so light. Like I, I cleaned under my bed, I cleaned the drawers, I cleaned my closet fully. Like I am light as a feather. He said, "I am clean now." Yeah, no, we we got rid of a bunch of stuff that we've been probably we probably have meant well, not that we probably have meant to. We have meant to go through for a while, and it's like you just I don't know. I feel like sometimes it's just so much easier to just throw it in a bin and be like, "Oh, I'll get to it later." And we just like stacked up like these bins of all these uh, winter clothes, and it's like. How often do we wear a lot of these winter clothes? Like, winter's not even here that long, and I have, like, three times, four times as many winter clothes as I do anything else. So, and, uh, yeah, and we were talking about this the other day, but, like, American Eagle shirts, for instance, or even their sweaters are, like, so, they're so hit or miss. It's, like, there's somewhere you wear them, I don't know, a hundred times, and they get nicer, and that's very <laughs> few and far between, but there's some like that. And then there's others where you wear it, like, three times, and you're like, wow, I just bought this, and it looks like garbage. So, <laughs> basically... Yeah, no, it, it really depends on, like, the price point. Like, they're, if you buy shirts from them for, like, you know, 10 bucks, it's more so likely that they're going to fall apart. But, like, the, some of the sweaters that I did keep were, like, ones that I splurged on a little bit. Splurge being, like, American Eagle splurge is, like, 80 bucks for an item where you're like, whoa, that's a lot. But it's a nice-ass sweater. Um, Pre-sale or post-sale? What do you mean? Pre-the-sale? sale is that, like, the before-sale price or after-sale price, 80 bucks? No, like, that's, like, the before-sale price. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But then, like, I, I'm pretty sure, like, even on sale, it was still, like, 60-something, which is, like, I don't know. For me, at least. I don't really... I'm not a clothes buyer. Like, I haven't bought clothes in a year now. Understandably so. But, like, 
even before COVID, like I never really like bought that many clothes. Like I would just buy things like maybe once every six months and then like as needed in between if necessary for like a specific event or whatever. But other than that, like, I don't know, very few and far in between. So that's why $6 for a sweater to me is, is not that much. But I know people are like, I spent $200 on a sweater from, I don't know, insert random fancy expensive brand here. Yeah, you're you're all like leaning back in your chair, like I haven't bought clothes in a full year. Uh, you and most of the rest of the world. Yes, I mean that's but, a lie. I bought the What's Funcast sweater. But oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You did. It's a necessary purchase. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting. I, I don't know. We we went through and and it was nice to see. We went to donate the stuff, and there was a lot of people uh, donating stuff, which was kind of cool. So hopefully the people that need it uh, can get it and and stuff like that. So. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. It's, I donated uh, it's good my stuff. I donated my stuff to to Housing Works, which is I think it's I guess it's local to New York City. Uh, but the way housing, excuse me, the way Housing Works works is they don't necessarily. I don't think they donate all of the clothes that you that you donate. Like I don't think they give them out, um, or at least not all of it. They'll take the stuff that's resellable and resell it for like a nice markup, and then the proceeds from that is what gets donated to like. Uh, I think they specifically support uh, homelessness and people suffering from AIDS. Um, those are their that's cool. causes. So it's pretty interesting because, uh, like, it's a very cool. small store. So, like, they don't have enough room to, like, put everything that everyone gives. And obviously everything that everyone gives isn't necessarily usable um, or sellable, but it's definitely usable for, like, you know, someone in a homeless shelter. Right, yeah. And that was one thing that I noticed, too, because they had these giant bins. And it was like, oh, it's like this one's for shoes. This one's for clothes or whatever and like the bins were like overflowing but you could tell very clearly yeah. like some of the stuff should probably have been thrown away and not donated but yeah. I guess I don't know maybe some people feel good about donating it versus throwing it away I don't know even though it's garbage but we try to be more cognizant of the fact that like we shouldn't donate this we should just throw this away because it's so beat up or whatever it's not yeah yeah and most of the stuff that I, that I tossed was just like didn't fit me anymore but it'll fit someone else I'm sure they'll love it it's all yeah clean. exactly Exactly. Um, so that's good. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Other than that, good. did you get any chance to play any video games, watch any movies, TV shows? I I played some stuff. I played um, I played more Tetris 99 because it's such a fun pick up and play thing, which you're going to be like, play Hades. I did play Hades because you <laughs> bullied me into playing Hades. You're like, I didn't. Did Just you not play enjoy Hades. it? Huh? It took, did you not enjoy it? It takes a while to like really get into it, but now I'm like fully in it. Like whenever I have downtime, not like oh let me play Overwatch. It's like I could do a Hades run. Like yeah, I'm I fully I enjoy obsessed. it. I enjoy it, but I still feel like I'm in the middle of like I haven't kept good track of like what boons I have versus like what you know. I don't know. I feel like it's hard. I feel like every time I go to I go and I die, I die and then I come back and then like I end up dying again. And I'm like, wait a second, I forgot about, like, the second thing that, whatever attribute that I have that brings me back to life a second time. So, it's, yeah. It's definitely fun, but I got to Elysium, which is the furthest I've ever gotten. Yeah. Um, which close. was cool. Yeah. But, I don't know, the bosses, sometimes it's, like, sheer luck. I'm like, I don't know how I'm winning or how yeah. I'm doing this because there's just, like, bullets and stuff all over the screen to the point that it's very overwhelming. For you and for anyone else listening that's, like, you know, purchased this game recently and is struggling to to progress um i would suggest that you focus on getting as much darkness as possible to get as much mirror upgrades as possible because the mirror upgrades are like seriously what's going to get you to the actual end 
So um, that's what I've been doing based on your recommendation. Yeah, so, like, whatever weapon has darkness, even if it's a weapon that you don't like, just take it, because you don't know what, like, fancy boons you're going to get. Like, I thought I hated the gun, but then I got, like, some fancy boon that turned the special into, instead of, like, the lobbing thing where it, like, goes up and down, it takes forever to land, and by the time it lands, whatever monster you're aiming at is left, um, it turns into, like, a rocket launcher. And so it's, like, extremely overpowered at that point. So just go with the flow and then keep, you know, pumping darkness into all the, the attributes in the mirror. Make sure you're, like, getting the right ones. Make sure you get keys to unlock the new abilities so you unlock yep. them all. And yep, yep, yep. Uh, once you, like, unlock everything, then it becomes a lot more a lot more exciting. And you get, get used to, like, what, you know, boons you specifically want to look for, what abilities you want, whether you want, like, to go to Athena, for example, to get stuff that's deflecting or... Whether you want specifically to get uh, Zeus's like lightning bolt stuff, like his cast lightning bolt is really powerful, like etc. You just kind of you get a hang of it, um, but it's there's a lot more depth than you would think. But it's, yes, there it's a definitely lot is because I didn't think there was this much depth to even begin with. So exactly, I'll get into it. I'll keep I'll keep at it and uh, I'll pick it up every so often. But yes, I did did play some Hades. Uh, we played some Overwatch. Um, I played some Fortnite, which. Uh, they've got the air royale mode is in rotation right now, which is so. I don't know. I like it a lot because it gives the opportunity to get some of the quests a little bit easier than they would be normally. So that's kind of cool, and it's also a fun mode. Um, I booted up Persona Five over the weekend, so this is on PlayStation Plus collection, and I was like, I want to see what all the hype's about. And in playing it, I'm sure it's a fantastic game. But it's not only that it's just not for me. Like I think I, I could make it for me if I put the time into it. But just knowing kind of what we talked about, I think it was last episode, where people are like, oh, yeah, like, uh, I love Persona. It, uh, you know, it's taken me, or I've put in 150 hours into this game, right? Where <laughs> it's so daunting based on that alone, where I'm like, okay, I don't have the time to invest into this, right? And it's very story-driven, and there's a lot of narrative between the characters, and I'm sure there's a very deep, rich story there. I just don't have the time or the patience to put into it. So, and it's a turn-based RPG, right? Yes, yes. Based on the screenshots I'm seeing, because I never really, I realized I never confirmed whether it was or wasn't. I, mean, I just assumed yes. it was, and I assumed correctly. Um, yes, but yeah, that's. I know it's very beloved. Like it's the highest-rated game on Metacritic. I think either of all time or of this generation, maybe. Uh, I think it's, I well, of all time's tricky because you get into the hundreds, right, where it's like Ocarina of Time is in there and Super Mario World and all those other games. Okay. Then, yeah, then it's of the generation. It's the highest rated game of the generation because it's not 100. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know if it's for me. Also, 100 hours in a game, like, it's funny because we put like 300 hours into Animal Crossing easily, but 300 hours in Animal Crossing is nothing like 100 hours in an action game. Like 300 hours in Animal Crossing is out of pure enjoyment, right? That's where it's yes. like I'm collecting something or this. But it's one thing about that versus Persona where it's like 100 hours to get through the game and experience everything it has to offer. Yeah, like I feel like it's, it's just more active and it requires a lot more energy versus like in Animal Crossing, I'm just fishing. Time can fly when I'm just fishing. I'm not like right. actively you know, fighting monsters and challenging myself, there's no challenge. <laughs> so that's why it's easy to sing so many hours in there because there's no there's no losing. You're just having a good time. Okay, so this is what I'm talking about here. From howlongtobeat.com, Persona 5 Royal, which has like, I don't know, maybe five-ish extra. Uh, well, here, let me do Persona. Well, why is there such a big disparity? Persona 5, 
right? Not Royal. Persona 5, main story, 97 hours to beat. Main <laughs> story plus extra, 112 hours to beat. Completionist, 172 hours to beat. And then Persona 5 Royal is 103, 123, and 144, which the completionist is like 30 hours shorter, which is interesting. Um, whereas the main and extra is like 10 hours short, or 10 hours longer, and then the main story is five hours longer. So either way, that is just way too much time for me to dedicate. I mean, I can't even beat games that are 10 hours, let alone 100. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, but I'm that's... sure it's good. And the, the character development, the little bit that I saw in the hour and a half or so that I played... I can tell that it's all there and it seems like it's a really good game. I just don't, I don't have the patience for it. So, um, I don't know. I'm glad you tried it for us. Yeah. Well, I wanted to know because it's like, I don't know. We keep hearing so much about it. It's good to know. But, um, yeah. But aside from that, I didn't play much. I was perusing through my Switch. Like, it's funny. I haven't picked up my Switch in a while and I feel like I go through these spells of like, I don't pick up my Switch. I pick up my Switch and then I'm back in and I feel like I'm back in. I just need to play, but I'm in this like gaming rut. I don't know, post holiday depression, whatever you want to call it, where it's I just don't feel like playing games. I don't have the time. I'm like I just need to de-stress in other ways, whether it's I don't know whatever it is. So it's um, well, actually, I know what way it is. It's Fortnite and Tetris because those are easy <laughs> to pick up and play and just like aimlessly, mindlessly play. Yes. So I need to get back into my indie games and Hero Warriors and all these other games that I have that I want to play on my Switch. So, um, but. Yeah, so that's that's what I've been playing. We watched uh, more NCIS, which impresses me from time to time. I don't know, like shows very entertaining, um, and the characters are very likable. So it's um, Lauren is through like I don't know season sixteen. She's wrapping up on now, I think, and there's eighteen seasons. So it'll be uh, it's interesting when they get into like the main plot points of like like oh this character's in danger. Like you know they're not gonna die, or if they do die, it's gonna be another character dying for them. Like. But it's, I don't know, we get a kick out of it, so there's that, and then... As long as you're enjoying it. Yeah, and then WandaVision, which I'm sure you have thoughts on, uh, which yes. obviously we're not going to spoil anything, not there's much to spoil to your point, but I really enjoyed WandaVision. We watched the first two episodes of WandaVision, and it was very entertaining. Surprisingly, shockingly. Yes. Um, so like I saw I'll piggyback off that. I, I too watched WandaVision, and I really enjoyed it. Um Basically, it, it seems, I, I wouldn't consider this like a spoiler, it seems like every episode is kind of like a specific decade. So episode, they they released two episodes at first, which is strange because usually Disney Plus shows are only released one episode at a time. Um, so they released two episodes at first, and I presume it was because they wanted to showcase how things change or will change in future episodes so that you don't just think that you're watching I Love Lucy. Because um, the first episode is based in the 50s and the second episode is based in the 60s. Presumably, the next episodes will be in the 70s, the 80s, etc., etc., and kind of going through eras of, like, sitcom TV or three-camera TV, whatever they, they call that specific thing with, like, a studio audience. Um, and, no, it was super enjoyable. Like, it didn't feel like you were watching something MCU, even though, you know, they had powers or whatever. Um, but it's it's setting up for a lot of, you know, there's a lot of questions, and it's obviously deliberate. Like, um it's it's good though. I'm I'm really excited to see what happens because uh, there's kind of like a. It seems like there's going to be a dark turn, or like a you keep saying Paul like there's going to be like an, a turn of like action or something coming in the future, and I think that's that's to be expected. Um, but it seems almost like. I don't, I don't want to say horror, but like. Creepy at times, and you're like, ooh, what's going to happen? Like this is weird. Um, so 
I'm very excited. I'm ex very excited to to continue. Um, I guess next episode is coming out this Friday. How do we know how many episodes I, there are total? I don't know, but Wikipedia is usually pretty good about that for some reason. Um, no, I don't know. Let's see, Wandavision episodes. No, actually, season one. Uh, what? 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 Theme music composer, Kristen and Bobby Lopez from Frozen? Really? Anyways, <laughs> that's funny. Wait, how many? How many episodes? Uh, how many? Oh, there's nine. Apparently, according to Google. And and then the composer is uh, Christoph Beck, who also did Frozen. That that's is wild. Very wild. Um, but yeah, so it's a total of nine episodes. I don't think there's gonna be a season two. Uh, it seems like it's just a like a, a limited series, because um, I don't think there would be like for this specific format there wouldn't be a season two. It wouldn't make sense. I think it's just basically like a movie idea, and they're like, what if instead of a movie we just made it into nine episodes of a TV show and had more time to actually flesh out the idea? Um, so I'm I'm super excited. Okay, I'm sure this will be this will be good. Elizabeth Olsen is related to Mary Kate and Ashley, right? Yes. That's their sister. What the hell? Did you not know the that? The way that never hit me. You could that you could have hit me with a <laughs> sack of bricks in the face and I would not have realized that. Yes, they're the Olsen sisters. Mary Kate and Ashley and Lizzie. Lizzie, I guess they call Lizzie? Them. Uh what's his face? Never speak never speak Lizzie's name because Lizzie McGuire was canceled. <laughs> taken away from us. Lizzie taken with away a y. from me. <laughs> so dramatic. Bullshit. I'm so mad about that. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell me either. God I mean, they it. know what to tell you. They got something coming for you. We'll talk about it in a bit. Um, besides WandaVision, I also watched uh, the Michelle Buteau comedy special on Netflix, um, which was super funny. She's actually great. Uh, I think I had seen like a previous one of her specials, but I couldn't remember to tell you what the name of it was. But I watched this one, which is called Welcome to Butopia. Um, it was a lot of fun. It's on Netflix. So go ahead and watch that. I'm assuming it was recorded pre-COVID because it's like a regular theater show. Is that uh, the one people. that you were sending to us, the video clips? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's hilarious. It's really good. It's so ridiculous. It's good. Um, and then, yeah, I didn't really get to play many, many new games. I kind of have been on hold ever since Doom crashed on me, and I've just been like, I hate video games now. Um, so, <laughs> my boss about to, like, choke. Um, oh, water came through my nose. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I'm drowning. Stop. But, yeah, all I played I basically... <laughs> well, I feel like basically it was uh, Overwatch. They have a um, a new map called Kanazaka, which is like there's like a, a special like Hanzo event I guess happening um, where you can get a skin for him. And they've released a new map that's uh, for free for all um, or for deathmatch modes, um, which is super cool. Did you end up trying it last night? No, uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll go lay in bed and try it. Uh, try it tonight, maybe we'll Should. see. Um, but yeah, it's a lullaby. Yeah, it's an interesting little deathmatch map, which is fun. Um, who knows when Overwatch 2 will ever come out? I thought that the announcement. <laughs> yeah, for hold this on, map wait was... a second. Yeah, let's make sure we talk about that. So Ahmed thought that the teaser for this the, for this new map was the teaser for Overwatch 2. I thought it was Dude. a teaser for a character, like a new character, and I was like, oh shit, we're getting a new character, which means Overwatch 2 is imminent because they said new new characters until Overwatch 2, and then it wasn't. You rarely get that hyped. You were hella hyped. Because it's been so long since they like dropped new like lore like that. And usually when they do it, it's for a new character. I was very hyped. Anyways. Hold on. Going back to what we were talking about before. At the beginning of WandaVision, that Marvel cinematic, 
Oh my god. I got so I was like, holy shit, is this happening? It's like, all right, places, places, everybody. This is for real. <laughs> yes, it's been a long fucking time since we've heard that that tune. I got super hyped and I was like jamming along to it and then it like transitioned into like the mono like fifties like I love Lucy style thing and I was like, oh, interesting. Uh, and when the yeah, screen shrank, the screen went boop. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, it's yeah. I was like, wow, I forgot how much I missed this noise, huh? Yeah. yeah I guess I could pull up any of these movies, but alas, I just have to wait for new ones. It's truly amazing what noise can do to you, huh? Truly. Oh my god, like those TikToks where it's like the sounds of Disneyland and it was like Stop, the entrance the thing. Worst. <laughs> and you're like, oh no. Um, anyways, <laughs> played Overwatch. And then I just played a bunch of Hades. Hades, I was telling Paul, Hades has kind of become my like go-to game over Overwatch. Like instead of like when I'm bored and I just want to play something quick, I'm like I could do a quick Hades run as opposed to like I could do a quick game of Overwatch. Um, so I I still haven't beaten it. I, like made it a successful escape attempt, which annoys me because I've gotten so close so many times. Um, but it's like it's difficult, but it's a lot of fun. I'm highly enjoying it. Um, yeah. But yeah. I think that's so, it for what we've done. So here's your your retribution for Lizzie McGuire now. I guess we could talk about. If, oh, this is bullshit. This isn't retribution. This is <laughs> Disney honoring their promise of giving me content for money that I paid. But um, <laughs> before we jump in to the hot tops for entertainment, kind of ties into it. We have a fan question. Um, not really. My coworker <laughs> is at Disney World this week, and he texted me. And his son is four years old. He needs he needs our opinion. Well, he did my opinion. I'm passing it on to you. So his son's four years old. He's a little a little timid, but he meets the height requirement for Rise of the Resistance. Should he go on Rise of the Resistance or not? How old is he? Four years old. Yeah, he can go on. My nephew went on. Should, he was like two. Should he go on? Yeah, my nephew went on. He was like two or three. Was your nephew scared? I mean, like, he was just like wide-eyed the whole time. Like when that one part happened, I won't say what happens, but when the one part happened, he just was like, shook a little bit but he didn't like cry because my thought I mean, was like because he doesn't like uh, like he was saying that his son doesn't know star wars like as we do right like not like he hasn't seen the movies but he yeah. knows like lego, lego star wars and it'll he knows be, like that side of it it's like spectacle it'll still be exciting it's yeah. like flashing lights and animatronics and big things like it's cool i think it'll be cool All yeah right, no, my I'll nephew went on and he was totally fine um, how does how does your nephew he was like Oh my god, how old is he? He's actually his birthday tomorrow. Um, I don't know. When was he born? Uh <laughs> Oh my god. Is he turning five? So I guess he yeah, he was he was four last year. Or he was just turning four when we went last year. Okay. I think. Roughly the same so, age. He'll so be three and a half three and a half to four and went on it. Yeah. And did he like it? I mean he didn't complain. He like could barely talk at the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's true you're just um, like oh okay whatever like it's yeah. I mean it's just no use to skip it because of the kid or like do a, a parent swap thing even cause like I think that's something that you would want to experience with whoever you're there with yeah like I wouldn't that's true um, well yeah so he was gonna go alone and he's debating bringing his son that's that's the that's the debate here I see so yeah, yeah so no, I, I think... gave him my opinion I gave him your opinion so we'll see what he chooses Yes. Um, all right, let's move right into the hot tops for entertainment. So, uh, hot off the heels of me complaining about Lizzie McGuire reboot being canceled, <laughs> Disney Plus took it to Twitter 
and said, play the music, light the lights, all five seasons of The Muppet Show are coming exclusively to Disney+. Plus. Why don't we get things started on February 19th? And I am extremely hyped. I grew up on The Muppet Show. I love The Muppet Show. Um, I'm super excited for these. Up until now, they've only been available on DVD. And it's been, like, they, they never brought them to Blu-ray. I don't even know if they're available to buy digitally. Um, but they've been on, on DVD for all this time. And it's finally coming to Disney+. Plus. So, there's a, the Muppet Show is classic Muppet humor that made the Muppets what they are today. And then they've just tirelessly destroyed the Muppets for what they are today. But that's that's another story. Like, the shows are all bad. Like, there hasn't been anything really good except... The great moments Muppets in, movie. Great moments in history with the Muppets in Magic Kingdom, which they also took away due to budget cuts. So, oh, anyways, I was gonna say the the first Muppets movie was pretty good. The fir- okay, yes, the first Muppets movie was good, but ever since then, when they did like the even Muppets Most Wanted was okay, was yeah. pretty good. But when, when they did the Muppet Show on ABC, where it was like mature Muppets, where like Kermit mm. and Miss Piggy were dating or whatever, like that was, I mean, that's fine, but it just wasn't good. And yeah. then now you've got. Uh, what is it, Muppets Now? And with the new Muppet voice that's cursed and hurts my ears, <laughs> I don't know. I just can't get accustomed to that. After hearing Kermit all my life, the way he was, so yeah, no. I don't know. I um, I never really watched the Muppets. I mean, granted, these so the five seasons I was putting on were from 1976 to 1981, so it's well beyond or well before either of our times. Um, but also, like my I don't know, we didn't have like the DVDs or anything, so I just never got into it. Um, but I'm excited for you, man. This will be exciting for, you know, I don't know if people are looking for something to put on for their kids. That isn't like SpongeBob or the Coco movie for the 17th time. Drag me. Um, there are (laughs) definitely some that you should watch. Like there's the, the most famous one is the, um, oh my gosh, not Steve Cross, Steve Martin. Steve Martin was on one of them and that's like one of the most famous episodes of the Muppet show. Um, but they're like they're like good like wacky humor and I don't know yeah it's like it's a variety show it's like SNL for kids it, literally well it's like SNL for, yeah it's like a, like animated or cartoon SNL you could say even though it's not really animated but yeah it's it's definitely very funny and you should definitely give it a shot but yeah and yes. good news you already have uh, Disney Plus so it's free I do indeed indeed I do you know it's even more depressing um, though. Yeah, sorry. We were talking about, you come here for good things and depressing news. So this one actually came as uh, a little bit of a shock. Um, but, uh, like, I, I didn't see this coming at all. But Disneyland uh, in California is axing its annual pass program. So, context, Disneyland and Disney World are are different in terms, obviously they're different in terms of location and size. But they're different because Disneyland is kind of more of a, not kind of, it is more of a local park. As opposed to Disney World is kind of like a resort. It is a you know, bubble. You're going to Disney World for a vacation. It's not something that you just like stop by on your way home. Whereas Disneyland kind of is. You can like literally just stop by Disneyland. It's very easy to get into and get out of. It's not like a, a grand resort. Um, so Disneyland annual passes are actually significantly more expensive than Disney World's. Uh, for the record, or for to compare. Uh, the Florida resident pass for Disney World is like 550 or was 550. I don't know if it's going to change. Um, whereas Disneyland's is like 1200 at the very least. Um, so it's very much a local park and they rely a lot on on local uh, folks because it's it's rare that they get uh, international travelers, travelers um, especially because if you're coming from Europe, you're probably going to go to Florida as opposed to going to California. I think most of uh, Disneyland's international uh, folks are coming from Asia. 
Um, but anyway, so they're acting. Are you saying this program. all factually? I'm saying, is it not? Like realistically, right. if you're gonna go to a Disney, park don't worry, folks. From- Detective Paul's on the case. I'm fact checking him now. <laughs> if you're coming from, but like, think about it. if you're coming from Europe and you're going to a Disney park, why would you go to the farther one that has less parks than the one that's closer to you that has more parks? Like. It just doesn't make... I don't know. It's anyway. what they all say. It's what they all say. Go ahead. But move on. Disneyland is definitely more of a local park. Um, so this one comes from the LA Times. Uh, the, mul- the popular multi-tier ticketing system, which shifted the culture of the two Anaheim theme parks in a way that it became a daily, weekly, or monthly hangout for many Southern Californians, is being axed. The annual pass program will uh, eventually be replaced with new membership offerings. Disneyland, for, uh, Disneyland Resort President Ken Potrick... Potrock? Pot Rock. Told I read it as Pot Rock, yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Um, Pot Rock offered no timeline for the future offerings, citing unpredictability of the current environment. The surge of COVID-19 cases gripping SoCal uh, prevented theme parks from knowing when they will reopen or what restrictions they'll face once they do. Uh, in ending the annual pass program, refunds will be given automatically to those who paid for days beyond the park's closer closure last March. Uh, Walt Disney Company is looking ahead to uh, operating the parks at reduced reservation-only capacity when California lets them reopen. Um, so, obviously, the parks never reopened in California, uh, unlike Disney World, which opened, I think, in, like, June or May. Um, so, the parks never opened in California. Um, so, I guess it makes sense to... I, I figured that they would have probably, like, suspended the program temporarily, but axing completely is very interesting. Um I wonder, like, I'm sure that they have, you know, all kinds of numbers that they've calculated internally about, you know, how much it costs for them to welcome all of these, like, millions of guests that have the annual pass versus how much they could be making off of them if they did something like a monthly membership program like Six Flags now does, especially because the park is open year-round, whereas the membership program for Six Flags doesn't really work for a lot of their parks. Um, Some of their parks are open year-round, like Six Flags Magic Mountain, but... Uh, it doesn't work for, for a lot of their parks that are strictly seasonal. Um, so a membership program, I think, makes sense for Disneyland. It probably would be more profitable than an annual program because they could probably charge a little bit more per month, but it's probably easier to digest than $1,200 all at once is, um, even though I think they do have a payment plan. But um, I think a membership plan where you're not locked in for the full year would would help. I don't know. And then, you know, given the unpredictability of the future, like, in case something else happens, like maybe we get COVID 2022, who knows, um, then like it's just a membership program as opposed to like annual passes that they have to deal with canceling and reissuing. Um, but I guess I'm just surprised that they're not doing the same at Disney World, but I don't know how that how So it's for, the, it's for the exact reason that you said, right? So they do, I and the, the only reason I was busting your chops before is because all of your logic sounds right. I just was like very impressed. I'm like, damn, I'm mad. Oh, all right. You came into <laughs> this like with all these facts ready to go. Um, but no, I know things you, sometimes. you are right. So there is what I said. I know things sometimes every once in a while. Um, <laughs> by the way, the reason why I have to keep asking you to repeat is because discord like cancels out our voice and we both talk at the same time. So oh, I'm sorry. that's why I can't hear. It. No, it's fine. It's um, probably use you, you figure after time. 102 episodes, you know, we'd have some podcasting etiquette, but you know us, bunch of yahoos so um (laughs) so yes disneyland certainly has a a resident problem with people coming from southern california and and flooding the parks i mean even when i lived there it was you went there and like there were times where i could point out the same batches of people like you could recognize them just because 
I mean, not only because they'd all wear, like, denim jackets with, like, pins on them and stuff, but you'd be able to point out, like, kind of the same people over and over again that would go to the parks, whether they're out there recording, whether they're there, you know, doing whatever, podcasting or whatever it might be. There's just a lot of Southern California residents that come to the parks. And like you said, it is because it's, like, literally in the middle of the city where you can walk to Disneyland if you wanted to. I mean, if you park or if you work close to Anaheim or in Anaheim, you could essentially walk to Disneyland if you really, really wanted to. I was able to walk to Disneyland. It was whatever, three miles or whatever. And I was able to walk to Disneyland, walk up to the gate, get my bag checked and walk right in. And, you know, obviously the ticket with the pass and everything. But yeah, it's unfortunate that they are doing this because I think that with everything going on, they're being forced to, to some extent. Because even late last year, the, um, I don't know if it was Josh DeMero or some higher up at Disney pretty much said that with Governor, um, uh, Governor Newsom's rules that were in effect with COVID, there was no path to them opening until at least this year. And that was months ago. So I don't think they anticipate Disneyland opening for some time. I mean, Disneyland is a vaccine site now where they're administering vaccines. So it's, uh, it is just a, this is, <laughs> I mean, I even put this out in the world, but this is in my head, like as close as the apocalypse as I've imagined, right? Where it's like <laughs> Disneyland cancels the annual pass program. Oh no, 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 no! Like Disneyland being open as like a vaccine site—that means they're not open oh. for a while. I mean, yeah. that's like that's like, and look at the ballparks that, or even the football fields and stuff that they're opening up as vaccine centers. I mean, it's just something that sounds so crazy. I mean, I it think sounds like, like The Last of Us. Like it literally does. <laughs> yeah, or like Dark Knight Rises, where they're all packed into the football field or whatever. Like. And God forbid, I hope that, you know, it does there's no explosions and all that stuff. But like same idea where like everybody's like seeking refuge like in this area. Like we're I mean, we're administering vaccines, which is a good thing, but it's just so weird to think of like imagine walking into Disneyland to get a shot in your arm and like you're not like there to ride rides, you're not there to buy merchandise, you're there to, to get a vaccine for this deadly disease that's now taken over four hundred thousand people in America alone. I mean it's just it it's is like just, the Javits Center being used as a as a hospital. Yes, like yes, it's so weird because we go there every year for like joy and fun. Then you think of it like people probably died in that building now because like it's so it's so weird to think about. We laid on the ground and cracked our backs on that floor. I mean, <laughs> it's like I don't know. It yeah, that's that's, that's what we do when we wait in lines, crack backs. But anyways, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it, it, oh, it, I agree though. It's it's a it's a perfect example and the javits center piece i mean that was so long ago it feels like 10 years ago at this point but that was just a few short months ago probably what seven eight months ago around uh no yeah had to have been like like march april yeah around march april or april may i guess more so yeah Uh, it's it's crazy though so yeah no i I know i'm being a little dramatic but like seriously it's just it's just (laughs) i get what you mean i get the angle it's just like it's not something that you'd expect right it's like the the pass holder program that's fine i'm not as much worried about that it's everything else like the vaccine center and like not being open for almost a year now like we joked but is there dust on stuff like are people dusting i mean (laughs) because that's a serious question like yeah i mean now that's a serious question where, I mean, there's probably going to be, like, once they finally open back up again, I'd imagine there's going to be spots in the parks that do have dust on them still. Because from all the movement, all the people and the hustle and the bustle, I mean, that stuff essentially, I would think at least, prevents dust from accumulating. Because it, you've got like, all, there's just so much air moving around that nothing ever, like, it's You essentially create a, a vacuum with people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's crazy. But 
I I don't know. I don't know. What do I know? It's uh, it's it's sad. The 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 pass holder thing. I think this is almost like a two pronged approach where they're kind of. I'd imagine someone out there at the Disney company is probably happy that they have a chance to pull everyone's pass and restart fresh because they've seen what's happened with the residential population. And I'm not sure that's what they want because the residents, they don't necessarily get as much money out of. Like, they go there, they ride the rides, whatever, but you're not getting the tourist money out of residents. I mean, you're getting the, like, I would go and, you know, I would go and have dinner or whatever. I mean which even then wasn't a lot of money. So they don't get like the Disney World audience where there's people dropping thousands of dollars in one day. Yes. So yeah, um, there, there's very little opportunity to spend money there if you're going every day and you've already like bought all the merch you want. Like, I guess like when new merch drops, like, oh, people like, oh, let's go buy the pins. But like, right. I don't know. It's very, very interesting indeed. We'll see what the future is. But I think the uh, membership program uh, would be really cool. Um, yeah. And be a lot more affordable and accessible to more people, which I don't know if that's the the opposite, like if that's exacerbating the problem that they might be trying to solve or the opposite. I'd imagine it's going to be egregiously expensive. Don't be fooled. This isn't going to be like a Six Flags type of membership. It'll probably be like, I would assume like 150 a month. Yes. Minimum. Right. And then you add it up. Whereas Six Flags is, is like $12 a month. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. But. Anyway, yeah, so hopefully things, uh, better times lie ahead, I'm sure, for Disneyland. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope that they can open back up soon because I can't even imagine. Uh, I mean, it's it's also, Disneyland is also a source of joy. And now, granted, obviously, we want to be safe and everything and not spread the virus anymore. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that have been laid off because of it. And, and like, the majority of the layoffs have come from Disneyland. But anyways, I can go all day about this. So moving into one more piece of sad news, and I think we're... Uh, good news with the exception of Cyberpunk, but that's always bad news. So um, <laughs> the Super Nintendo World opening has been delayed indefinitely. So this one comes from IGN, who posted the original opening date and then updated this on the 14th of January with Universal Studios Japan has indefinitely delayed the opening of Super Nintendo World after Osaka Prefect- Osaka Prefecture? 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 What does that mean? It's like the this... Uh, I don't know exactly how... It's like their version of like a state, I guess. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Or county, uh, maybe? I don't know. It's funny, because I copy and pasted this. I'm like, wait, I didn't even look at Prefecture. In my head, it was just the name of the place. Uh, yeah. Declared a state of emergency due to the COVID-19 pandemic. In a press release, uh, USJ, Universal Studios Japan, uh, apologized to all guests and stakeholders and explained that the opening date will only be decided and announced after the state of emergency is lifted. So um, not entirely surprising, right? I mean, cases continue to unfortunately spike, and we can't vaccinate fast enough and everything else. So... Uh, we're kind of unfortunately back where we started with the whole thing. So um, it's yeah. it's very but unfortunate. At least, at least it's done, and we got to see some pictures of it. <laughs> yeah, and ready no, when, and I, when the world is ready. Right, and I, and I think that's where everything just has to be. I mean, I think that uh, we would be negligent. Well, I already mentioned it, but we'd be negligent to say, obviously, that our, our, our thoughts are always with the people that uh, have lost someone in the past year, and we've mentioned it before, but hitting yes. 400,000 deaths is uh is vile to say the least so um we certainly yes. uh if you're struggling during this time and you, you haven't even lost someone i mean that's what kind of what we've talked about before right that's what this has always been this has been like our outlet so we hope that it's yours and um and yes. you know definitely join the discord and and watch the streams and and you know kind of become a part of the little community and try to find some happiness in the world because it's definitely a grim world right now um 
So speaking of refuge and joining our Discord, um, I think we're planning on doing a little uh, little Discord game night on Friday, the twenty second. So if you haven't already joined our Discord, feel free to join, and we will probably play some uh, Among Us, some Jackbox games, some other online games that we find that could be entertaining. Um, and yeah, it'll be a good time. So that could be yes. uh, your exciting Friday night plans is a little game night. Yes, 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 yes. And Among Us is now on Switch, as we talked about before, and it plays pretty well. So, And the, um, is a new map out yet? I don't know. I didn't even know there's a new map, if we're being it's perfectly the one with, like, the ladders. <laughs> it has oh, ladders. the ladders. I did fair. see that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did see that. I don't um, no, yet, I don't but... know if it's out yet, but... Yes. yes. So, all right, let's move into the video games. You want to take uh, Mr. Hitted Man? Sure. So, Hitman 3 is uh, not officially out yet, or is it? No, it's this uh, tomorrow, I think, actually. I think, yeah, I think tomorrow. Um, but it's getting pretty much great reviews across the board. Um, it's got a, uh, it's got an 88 on Metacritic on PC currently. Um Let's see, VG247 has given it a 100. Uh, taken individually, Hitman 3 feels like great value with plenty of variety and lots to do. When taken as a whole, the World of Assassination trilogy is hands down one of the best and most complete feeling trilogies in video game history. That's high praise. Uh, it's a fitting finale for 47, at least for now, uh, Asian 47 that is, and it has naturally left me thrilled to see what IO does with James Bond or whatever else comes next. Um, GameSpot gave it a 9 out of 10 and says what's good about Hitman, level design and creativity, experimentation, and exploration that it affords is great in Hitman 3. It closes out the trilogy by brilliantly playing off everything that came before it, making use of and then subverting expectations and rewarding players for their willingness to master the complexity of both its individual levels and the series as a whole. Uh, meanwhile, ComicBook.com kind of gave it a 7 out of 10, but I don't trust them, so it's fine. Um, Hitman 3 isn't a game that I would call bad in the slightest, but it hasn't done a lot to wow me out of the gate. feels more like an expansion than a showy uh, new sequel. Um, still, even though with a handful of drawbacks, he promises still there that this will only continue to be a game that grows and gets better over time. Um, I'm super excited to actually like get into these games. I played, obviously, a few of the first episodes of the uh, first Hitman, um, and they're almost like daunting with the amount of create like the amount of different ways that you can approach the the objective um it's almost like you kind of get used to be having your hand held with so many games and where it's just like follow the yellow dot kind of thing um and then having like free reign you actually have to think and make critical decisions is uh is almost daunting but it's a lot of fun um and i i definitely want to spend some more time with these so one day i'll get to hitman 3 i'm still on the one <laughs> yeah so it does come out tomorrow and i bet you didn't realize this hitman 3 is coming to switch tomorrow oh wow so the first the, two aren't on switch are they no so this is in the same vein as control where it's the cloud version so oh. this was initially only i think it was only in japan for a while they did like resident evil 7 for switch mm. um as the cloud version so i i, I remember I, I mentioned on the show when it first uh, came around but you can download the launcher and like play a small segment of the game to see how it runs on your switch with your internet connection yes. you need a persistent internet connection but it ran surprisingly well on uh, on the Switch with the cloud version. Granted, I have very good internet, but I would hope that the same uh, rings true. But this, so I've moved, well, not moved my perspective, but obviously we talked about this the other day, where it used to be like, oh, like I can't wait to travel and play things on the go. And now it's like you're home, right? So you're playing your Switch primarily in docked mode and whatever else, um, you know, whatever that may be. But what I think this is good for is that this does present a new outlet for 
people that are at home that may only have a Switch and don't have a PlayStation or Xbox to play Hitman 3. And I think that this is that this is good. So I it's um I wonder how much it is. I bet it's just gonna be like sixty bucks. Hopefully it's not seventy, but it'll um, probably be sixty. I would yeah. assume. I yeah, um, so it's cool stuff. Yeah, no, I uh this is all the more reason to bring Xbox Game Pass to Switch, but that's a whole other topic. Um, like, if they're going to make Xbox streaming sticks or whatever and put it in TVs, like, come on, just put it in the Switch. You know you want to. You mean um, not Xbox Game Pass. You mean uh, xCloud. Uh, sorry, xCloud, yes. Which, yeah. I mean, they all meld together in my head at this point. But yeah. Right. Um, that would yeah. be the dream, the ultimate dream. Anyways, um, this next one is kind of exciting. Ubisoft Massive, who developed the Division games, is making an open-world Star Wars game. Uh, so this kind of marks... Uh, a few milestones. This is the first time, or I don't know if it's the official first time or the first time in a long time, um, that uh, a Star Wars game isn't being developed by EA. Um, they had previously, uh, they had previous exclusivity deal regarding development of Star Wars games, uh, but they haven't, we don't know if it's expired or what's happening or what's going on. Um, so this is exciting. So this one comes from Kotaku. Ubisoft is partnering uh, with the newly launched Lucasfilm Games to make an open world game based on the Star Wars universe, Wired Reports. Um, Ubisoft Massive, the studio behind The Division, will be leading development on the new Star Wars adventure with Julian Garaiti, uh, who oversaw The Division 2 and the crew as creative director. Uh, Wired also reports that the game will make use of Ubisoft Massive's Snowdrop engine, the same one used for Division 2, uh, but said Lucasfilm Games hasn't yet revealed uh, when and where in the Star Wars universe the game will take place. Um, on, in a Q&A on, on Ubisoft's website, the director says that the new game will be a departure from the world of Division and totally different from what the studio has made in the past. Um, so same engine, but much uh, different approach, uh, which is good to hear, because when I heard that at first, I was like, oh, we're just getting Division Star Wars Edition, um, which not that Division 2 is bad, but I don't think it fits for Star Wars. Uh, so, going back to the EA bit, EA had previously snagged an exclusive deal to develop Star Wars games back in 2013. Okay, so it wasn't permanently, but back in 2013, shortly after Disney purchased Lucasfilm. Uh, now appears that the terms of that deal have expired or changed. Uh, ex according to uh, Wired's report, EA will still continue to develop Star Wars games, but Lucasfilms, the new gaming label rolled out earlier this week, which we talked about in last week's episode, will be overseeing the production of the Star Wars games as well. Interesting stuff. I am very happy. Well, I'm I'm mixed. Well, I'm happy that EA is not making that the exclusivity deal is over and they did not do that again because obviously with EA came Battlefront 1 and 2 which were both not great. Um and I, I it, it is what it is. But then they brought Jedi Fallen Order which I thought was fantastic and I love Jedi Fallen Order. Um yeah perhaps my favorite game, one of my favorite games of last year. I know Animal Crossing took the cake, but Jedi Fallen Order was just, I don't know, a fantastic game. Had its flaws, a lot of fun. Um, this is good. I mean, I, I hope, I know Division 2 was a good game. I, I hope that Ubisoft doesn't drop the ball. I know I kind of shared this with you before, but I do feel like Ubisoft is such an interesting company where, like, they've got Assassin's Creed, uh, Valhalla, and they've released Watch Dogs Legion, and they've released... You know, some of these games that feel so cookie-cutter after a while, where it's like, they don't feel like they have life in them, like a Red Dead would, if you know, if you will. And, yeah. and Ubisoft's not a small company. Ubisoft's a huge company. So yeah. I, I'm not quite sure why they would feel like that, but they do. And I'm not into Assassin's Creed because it's just too RPG-centric at this point that I can't get into it. Um, but Watch Dogs Legion was fun, but it felt very 
dry and not lively. Like, the world felt lively, but it just felt very, I don't know, just yeah. it didn't didn't feel like I want to come back and like experience the world kind of thing. Ubisoft always feels like it's on the precipice. Big word for you. It's on like the precipice of greatness. Precipice, sorry, not precipice. Um, it's on like the Uses edge of big greatness. word, can't even pronounce it. Nice. Shut up. It it always feels like it's on the edge of greatness, but like never quite makes it. Like when was the last time Ubisoft made like a ten out of ten game? Like they're always making like games that are good enough, but not great. Like sevens, eights, they never I don't know. Yeah, very, no, I, it is very interesting. I, I, I agree hundred percent with you. And it's always like where even the Assassin's Creed games are always pretty much a nine lately, with the exception of some of the ones that did not do so well. Far Cry five was a buggy mess, right? Far Cry Four was good, um, but yeah, they they are they're all over the place, right? Where there is no consistency, and if they do have a good game, it's not an amazing game. It's a great game, but not an amazing game. It's yeah. not a ten to your point. It's a nine. So, yeah, I I I think that I think look, Jedi Fallen Order wasn't a ten, right? It it wasn't. It was a nine and eight, whatever it was. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. So I think that when you're dealing with a Star a license like Star Wars, where you're given half of the playbook, you need to take the other half and run with it and make something creative of your own. I think that it's a little bit easier to get past that hump and make something amazing. So yeah. I, I have faith that they'll be able to do this. But yes, for something like Watch Dogs or Far Cry, those are all original ideas. The ball is 100% Ubisoft's court. Yeah, they seem to fold almost every time where it's like, yeah, 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 we were either too ambitious or, you know, it, it just, it whatever it was, it just wasn't good enough. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's interesting because it's kind of like their, their mark. Um, you're like, oh, yeah, of course this is an Ubisoft game. But I think right. in terms of Ubisoft originals, the Division games were some of the better ones that they've released in recent memory. Um, so the fact that this is under Ubisoft Massive Studio specifically um, is somewhat promising. Yes, no, for sure. I 100% agree, and I, and I hope it is good, because this got me super hyped. Yes. All right, you want to take this uh, this next one? Yes. Yeah, so the next two, I guess. They kind of go hand in hand a little bit, maybe. Yeah, and and I, I won't make you talk about Pokemon Snap. Uh, <laughs> so Nintendo Switch it continues to be a ridic- it was selling ridiculously well. So this one comes from IGN, who reports Nintendo Switch accounted for 87% of all consoles sold in Japan in 2020. Which is astonishing when you think about it, right? So uh, they say Nintendo Switch's success obviously extended beyond Japan, with it achieving the second highest annual dollar sales in U.S. console history in 2020. The Switch has also been the best-selling console in the U.S. for 25 consecutive months. So a lot of this, it's ridiculous. I mean, a lot of it has to do with the pandemic. People are buying more systems. We've seen the Xbox and PlayStations run out very quickly. The stock has been uh, just depleted completely. Uh, with a mixture of people that are sitting at home want to play video games and a mixture of supply chain constraints. And then you have the Switch, little old Switch sitting in the corner, constantly selling out. Nintendo's pumping out more and more stock, constantly selling out, um, and it's pretty astonishing. So 25 months in, this is the reason why when we talk about the Switch Pro, it's been selling, it's been the best-selling console for two straight years, over two years now. So why does Nintendo need to make a Switch Pro if they're still selling? Now, if Nintendo's smart... You and I are not buying a Switch now, but if Switch Pro came out, we'd buy it. So Of course I would. That, yeah, that's where Nintendo can get more money from us. So, Nintendo, if you're listening, we're waiting. Uh, okay. <laughs> Speaking of Nintendo and us waiting, new Pokemon Snap got a new trailer and a release date for April 30th, 2021. 
so this is super exciting, and uh, I'll read a couple little snippets here from this IGN article from Adam Bankhurst over at IGN. Uh, in new Pokemon Snap, players will take the role of a budding Pokemon photographer and will work with the lentil region expert known as Professor Mirror and his, and his assistant, Rita, um, <laughs> on an ecological survey to photograph Pokemon in nature. You will also be traveling in an auto-driving vehicle known as the Neo One to allow you to focus on getting the best shots. So this is obviously a sequel, well, either a sequel or a spiritual sequel to, or a spiritual successor at that, to Pokemon Snap, released originally on the Nintendo 64, where you would literally go, and it was just, you took pictures of Pokemon, and you can go to Blockbuster and print them out uh, from your memory card. So that was not Blockbuster. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, that's what you could do with those. It was super popular. You would throw, like, little, like, um, Pokeball or, like, berries and stuff and, and, like, things, like, get the Pokemon to look at you and get them in the frame and everything. So people are super hyped about this. I'm super hyped about this game. Um, I hope it has a good nostalgic factor, which, knowing the Pokemon games, I'm sure they will. Uh, So... Pretty exciting, April 30th. That's only three months away. So this is a game that was previously announced and didn't have a release date. So pretty cool to see that we are uh, just around the corner from this game. And in a year that there's a lot of question marks in the Nintendo space, uh, especially in relation to the Switch Pro and everything else that we've talked about, there's a lot of potential things that can happen. Um, but we know a lot of the games that are announced. Breath of the Wild 2 has obviously been announced. Bayonetta 3, Metro Prime 4 is in like the other, no, wherever it even is, who even knows where that is. And then obviously Metro Prime Trilogy comes with it, um, presumably not that it was announced officially, but so there's a lot of games that were announced that we haven't heard any updates on. And then Nintendo's like, hmm, instead of giving you a Nintendo Direct, how about a tweet that says April 30th for Pokemon Snap? So <laughs> that's valid. I wouldn't, a Nintendo Direct just to release or reveal the release date would have been annoying. Well, I would hope that there's a new Nintendo Direct coming soon that releases, yes. you know, some information. Is it, give me the first details on a Switch Pro. Give me, you know, give me some details on new games coming out. You know, let's let's get it moving. Let's spice it up a little. They're probably realistically going to wait until after the Mario 35th event is ended. Um, so, well, actually, no, they won't wait until it's ended. Um, but, I don't know. I wouldn't expect one super soon, but I hope that I eat my words. Um, yes, I would, I would agree. I hope you do as well. <laughs> I would I would love to see uh, some new exciting directs. All right. Um, that brings us to our final article, which is something that we've been talking about on the show for obviously like, I don't know, weeks now, ever since it came out. Um, but this is a, a very interesting kind of inside look at what exactly happened with Cyberpunk 2077's launch. Um, so Jason Schreier, famed Jason Schreier. Uh, games journalist who is always like kind of uncovering you know the topic of crunch culture and everything that happens inside you know the underbelly of of game development Um, did this whole expose where he interviewed I want to say roughly like 20 people from uh, from CD Projekt Red developer of cyberpunk um, you know both people that are existing employees and were past employees and just kind of got a sense of what happened with the game um, so it's a very extensive article but uh, so it's on it's on Bloomberg if you want to read the whole thing in its entirety which I recommend because it is um, a little bit shocking um, but it's it's insane so interviews with more than 20 former and current uh, current and former CD project staff most of whom requested anonymity so as not to risk their careers depict the development process marred by unchecked ambition poor planning and technical shortcomings employees discussing the game's creation for the first time described the company that focused on marketing at the expense of development and an unrealistic timeline that pressured some into working extensive overtime long before the final push cd project uh declined to comment on the process or provide interviews for the story um 
The Polish company will spend the next few months working on fixes, blah, blah, blah. We already know that. Uh, this wasn't the development, the, this wasn't how the development team envisioned starting 2021. Now, instead of celebrating successful release, they will aim to turn CD Projekt, or sorry, Cyberpunk 2077 into a redemption story, much like um, games like No Man's Sky and Destiny 2. Uh, Sorry, I'm scrolling through here and trying to pick the the best parts of this. I can probably um, I've listened to so many podcasts about it, and I could probably rattle them off. Um, if you're good, yeah. No, I yeah. mean, th- like this article or this this paragraph is important. I think Cyberpunk 2077 was an ambitious project. Ambitious project by any standard. <laughs> um, CD Projekt's previous success, The Witcher, was set in a medieval fantasy world, but everything in Cyberpunk was a de- departure from that. Um, making Cyberpunk would require CD Projekt to invest in brand new technology. And basically, they tried to develop the same type of game, or they tried to develop Cyberpunk in the same amount of time that they developed Witcher 3, but they also had to develop an entirely new engine at the same time, simultaneously with developing the actual game, which slowed down production. Um, One member of the team compared the process to trying to drive the train while the tracks are being laid in front of you at the same time. Um, So they officially didn't actually start production on the game until late 2016, um, which is insane and like the e3 that's really uh, bad like yeah. really bad like, it was announced in 2012 yes like all of that was just laying the base for the engine and they it can't, feels like they were just going on faith like oh we'll get it done we're, we made witcher 3 we'll get it done and yet um and then they they showed a, a really cool trailer at e3 which is kind of what got everyone super hyped for this game and why it was so you know uh anticipated highly anticipated that slice was entirely fake that was not in engine footage at all. It was not real. Um, and, and like, that's not abnormal, right? When when developers are showing off their creative vision, I'm sure that there's a lot of these that are fake. But just the fact that the article goes in to say that employees were pretty pissed off that they wasted time putting together a fake E3 demo. Yeah. And that like they could have spent that time developing. Yeah. Months were put into this demo. And that's why so many features that were shown in the demo, like car ambushes, um, weren't in the final product. Um, there's actually a whole Reddit thread of every single feature that was announced that didn't make it in, and there's like 30 different things. There's really? Like wall running. There's a train system. There's you know better car handling. There's a uh, realistic AI. There's like you know the environment reacting to your decisions besides just like the standard GTA thing when you shoot someone a cop chases you. Like there's so many different things that they were like, oh, this is going to be truly next gen, and it really just feels like GTA 5 with neon. Like yeah. I don't know how to better describe it. GTA Five is a is a better game, so don't don't put that on. Uh, Very GTA. disappointing. Well, I'm saying that GTA Five was was great, or I mean, still is super fun. People play it all the time, but was great for 2013. Cyberpunk was supposed to be the next generation of open world games, right? For 2020, and yet, um, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of developers. Uh, so here's one. The overtime didn't make development of the game any faster. At E3 in June 2019, CD Projekt announced that the game would come out on April 16th, 2020. Fans were elated, but internally, some members of the team could only scratch their heads, wondering how they could possibly finish the game by then. One person said they thought the date was a joke. Based on the team's progress, they expected the game to be ready in 2022. Developers created memes about the game getting delayed, making Bex and what it would happen. Canceling features and scaling down the size of Cyberpunk's Metropolis helped, but the team's growth hampered some depart- uh, departments. Um... Yeah, it's just. I don't, you know, I don't know, so know if you have any other anecdotes the, from things you've heard. Yeah, I heard something about uh, a junior programmer was making like uh, $700 a month or something. Um, there's something about that. And then there was something about. Uh, 
Um, there was something about the languages spoken in the workplace. People were complaining about that. And, like, now it's become, oh, like, the yeah. studio heads are, like, deflecting all of this information now where it's, like, they're trying so hard to avoid the negative press where the negative press is, like, wake up, we're here. Um, <laughs> Literally. So, I mean, like, if I look at, I, I don't know, I, I struggle I struggle with some of this stuff because if you look at a game like Final Fantasy Fifteen, for instance, right, that game started off as Final Fantasy versus thirteen, in and that was in two thousand six. That came that that was uh, started development, and then it it changed six years later to um, Final Fantasy fifteen. Like the official Final Fantasy fifteen name came out in two thousand twelve, and they announced that right, and then they finally released the game four years later after that in two thousand sixteen. Right, so you look at that, and it's a ten year cycle of okay. We announced the game, we changed the name, and then we eventually released it. And that was yeah. like the famed game that that took so long, right? Then you look at The Last Guardian, right? These are the two biggest games I could think of that took literally forever from announcement to the time that it released, right? So The, the Last Guardian. Sony announced The Last Guardian E3 2009 with a planned release of 2011 for the PlayStation 3. It got delayed, 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 and then it would never see release, whatever, so... Um, it was reintroduced in 2015, right? Six years later, um, as The Last Guardian coming off PS4 and everything, and then it came out in 2016. So, okay, there that's about seven years, we'll call it, right? So, to announce a game like this in 2012, to not start formal development until 2016, four years later... And think that you can realistically release in four years? like Right, shame on you for having such ambitious goals, right? I mean, that's just crazy. It's just, the whole situation around this, this is a game that... I hope will one day be it will be a uh, a redemption story, but I don't think that's looking too good. And it's just it just released in such a way that I, you know to say that it went gold and all this stuff. It's just a, just a bunch of bullshit, right? And then yeah, you know it, it's it's interesting. There's another part in this article that I want to touch on about the double dipping. So uh, Jason says yada yada. Uh, their goal was to release Cyberpunk 2077 before new consoles from Microsoft and Sony, expected in the fall of 2020, were even announced. That way, the company could launch the game on existing platforms, PS4, Xbox One, PC, then double dip by releasing versions down the road for the next generation consoles. People who bought the old versions would receive free upgrades when the new ones were available. Some engineers realized that Cyberpunk was too complex of a game to run well on the seven-year-old consoles with its city full of bustling crowds and, hu- and hulking buildings. Uh, they said management dismissed their concerns, however, citing their success in pulling off The Witcher 3. And you mentioned this, but that it just kept going back to that, where it was, guys, 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 we made The Witcher 3. Like, we can do anything, right? Yeah. We're, we're good. I mean, that is shame on CD Projekt Red and shame on the studio heads for not only, you know, this comes out, just a few days before this, or maybe even a week before this, I think uh, it may have been the last episode that we recorded, where the studio head put out this video more or less blaming QA, but taking yes. the burden on their shoulders for releasing the game early and, and giving the go-ahead to release it early. So, or yeah. release it, you know, whatever, on time. So here's the um, thing about the QA and specifically how it runs on, on PS4 and Xbox One. Um, so here, this bit in March, as the pandemic began ravaging the globe and forcing people to stay inside, CD Projekt staff had to complete the game from their homes without access to the office's console development kits. Most developers would play builds of the game on their home computers. So it wasn't clear to everyone how cyberpunk might run on PS4 and Xbox one. Obviously once it got in people's hands, they knew, but I can understand why, like you can't just have like, even if developers had a PS4 in their homes or an Xbox one in their homes, they wouldn't be able to port 
their version of the games onto that PS4 because that's a retail version. That's not a development kit, and they didn't have access to the development kits. So right. I kind of understand that and and how it was released because like I think if anyone if anyone saw how it ran, they wouldn't have released it, um, or maybe they did and were like, oh, we'll just release it anyway. Maybe it'll it'll be better, but or no one will notice. But um, yeah, I, alas, I mean, everyone uh, noticed. I yeah. It's... Yeah. I get it. I understand the frustration. I get it's COVID. I get it's this. I get it's that. Then don't release the damn game. I mean, yeah. it's pretty simple, right? I and mean, it's and funny. They It says, as the launch date drew closer, drew closer, everyone at the studio knew the game was in rough shape and needed more time, including to, according to several people familiar with the development. Chunks of dialogue were missing. Some actions didn't work properly. Um, and when management uh, had announced that the game had gone gold, there were still major bugs being discovered. Um, the delay for three weeks just was not enough, but... I imagine there was, I don't know, I feel like management should have, you know, taken a, a harder stand, but I imagine they just bended to the will of all the agreements that they had with whatever else, with a, like all the marketing agreements, because like we said earlier in the article, it was just a huge marketing blitz, uh, blitz at, at the expense of development, so... I mean, yeah, look at, look at every, if you go into, or you go online, go to, if you were to go to bestbuy.com and type in Cyberpunk 2077, you'll see mice, keyboards, uh, chairs, uh, mouse pads, uh, anything you can think of, there's a Cyberpunk version of it. Yes. That's great if your game works and people are going to buy it. The game yesterday was $30 at Best Buy and price matched at Amazon and price matched, I think, a couple other retailers where... $30? The game came out a month ago. And, you know, a oh, lot yeah. of people are like, well, you know, I bet the, uh, I bet that it's going to end up on Game Pass soon enough. And I sure as hell bet it will because it's just, there's just no reason to play the game right now. It's so buggy. I mean, there are a lot of people that are reporting save game glitches or save glitches where they're losing their save data. You saw how pissed off you got about Doom. I mean, imagine <laughs> putting 40 hours into Cyberpunk and then losing your save data. I mean... I would never touch it again. Um, no. Luckily, they patched that one. They they hot-patched. It was like if your save data, your save file got too big, it would just corrupt the file and it would be unaccessible. That which is, is just absolutely still heinous. so crazy to me. And it's... they fixed it, but they couldn't fix corrupted save files. There was no recovering them. Like, they fixed it so it wouldn't happen again, but they couldn't fix the existing people that it happened to. Yeah. Which is, like, how? 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 <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, how did QA, I'm sure they did, but they, like, it was just in the bug backlog and they just didn't have time to take it. At it this was... point, I'm convinced that everyone pointed out the bugs that they could find as quickly as they could. And it was the management team that just didn't, that just chose to not do anything with it, right? It, it just, yeah. They just chose to release the game and deal with whatever comes next. And, like, you can't blame COVID and then not. Like you didn't, you barely delayed the game. You delayed it. You pushed it back. What? Like a total of eight months? That's not enough. We're still. It probably should have been pushed back two years. They should have done. So here you go. Perfect example. They should have done the cyberpunk what Nintendo did to Metro Prime Four, and just been like, we literally can't release this right now. Sorry. (laughs) Right. And it's it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be negative press. But like Justin posted that Miyamoto quote in the What the Funcast Discord, where it was Mm -hmm. um, a delayed game. Is good eventually, but a bad a bad game or a uh whatever an, an unfinished game, game is bad forever or something like that. What is it? Hold on, let me find the exact quote. Let's see. Let's race. I'm gonna uh, lose. I literally can't find it. <laughs> Where was it posted? Oh no. Oh uh, no. Where is it? Hello. It's not in all our gaming. Is it? Oh, it's an Overwatch. I see. A no, delayed game it. is eventually good, that. but a rushed game is forever bad. Yeah, there you go. 
There it is. Yeah, I mean, and it's true. Yeah, they're right now. I guess they're banking on becoming a redemption story, like No Man's Sky, like Final Fantasy fourteen, like Destiny. Uh, but I, it's gonna take a lot. I mean, granted, The Witcher three did also launch to a bunch of bugs, but it it wasn't nearly this bad. No, it was still playable. I think. I mean, yeah, it definitely had bugs, but not not to this extent. So it's yeah, it, it is what it is. I think at this point, I. Like, unfortunately, I don't think I really have any plan to play this game. I mean, I, I, I want to try it again. I mean, I tried it when I played it, and, you know, and you had the usual BS of characters walking through walls and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, T posing randomly and cars just clipping on, like, an invisible pixel and suddenly launching into the stratosphere. Yeah, all T posing randomly. Imagine a world where we have characters T posing randomly in a video just game. Like... That's just so crazy to me. Just so, mm-hmm. so crazy to me unreal um, um yeah, yeah it's it is what i'll it give is. it a year it's i i like put too many hours into it to refund and i don't think steam did any special exceptions for it kind of like the like playstation xbox did so i unfortunately own it forever <laughs> but so i'll come back to it in a year um hopefully they'll have released a bunch of fixes and i'm i'm hoping mainly that they finish the game and like release all the features that they said they would like i don't want them to just be like okay well it is what it is and we're not going to release those features ever I, really I that they think do. that they are going to do everything in their power to win back the customer, but I think the customer is gone at this point. Yeah. Like, even, like, the redemption stories of No Man's Sky and whatever, like, those were great that they finally were fixed, but, like, did the people come back? No, I don't think so. I, like, I, it's great that they're fixed, but I don't think anyone really plays those games. Like, no. no one was like, okay, it's time to go back to whatever. Like, it's going to be old news. Yeah, I, No Man's Sky is one of those games I'd want to try just to just to try it out, but no, it's not... I just, the interest is gone, right? I mean, it's just, and this is something that so many people have talked about, where in the video game industry, your game has to be ready to go. If you're telling me it's coming out tomorrow, release it, make sure it's perfect, and get it out, because people are going to be buzzing about it, especially now during COVID, where people are looking for things to do. Release it now and release it well, right? Release it well in the sense that if you, if I'm playing, I say I meant play it, you're going to go play it. You're going to have a great experience. You're going to either love it or if you don't like it, it's because it's not your type of game. It's not because you're falling through the floor and it's an unplayable game. And if that's yes. the case, it's very quick, right? A good game lasts around. Look at Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing has been selling for a while. Why? Because everybody's posting on social media about how great Animal Crossing is. Oh, hey, what do we need to get Animal Crossing? A Switch? All right, let's go buy a Switch. This sounds like a lot of fun, right? And it's just the conversation moves so quickly. I mean it just moves so quickly yeah and, like, and, and they built up the hype train for so long and that's now all gone and there's no way that they have the marketing budget anymore especially after they've refunded like probably 90 percent of the game the people that bought it or whatever there's no way they have the budget to do to do a marketing blitz like that again for when it, you know it does eventually get its you know version 2.0 angel patch whatever they call it like new frontiers kind of thing like they did with no man's sky like there's no way that it's gonna have the same amount of hype that it ever did no uh, so it it's, won't it's, have the same hype no it definitely yeah. won't have the same hype it will have the same i think they still will have the, the marketing blitz if you will to use your words um around it where it's you know there's excitement whatever but I don't think it's going to be nearly as high. People are going to have, they're going to they're leave with a sad, bad taste in their mouth. I mean, it's going to be pretty plain yes. and simple. Like, it's it's funny. I actually bought a hoodie from CD Projekt Red, like, the day before the launch or the day of the launch, whatever. 
um, before I realized what I was getting myself into. And the hoodie's super nice, but now I'm almost like I kind of look at it and I'm like, Ugh. like I get a, it's like a sour taste in your mouth. You're like this, that's it not, is like, that was not a fun time. disappointing. If you, so if you asked me what was going to be, like, the stinker of last year, I would not have bet Cyberpunk. I And that's and it's impressive, right, that they were able to cover that up for so long, where it, it was like, oh, Cyberpunk, you know, ah, it's going to get delayed, it's never coming out. Oh, shit, it's coming out. And then it's like, wow, it's coming out. And it's like, I mean, I remember when reviews were dropping, like, oh, like, reviews seem pretty good, like, re- re- like as expected. And then... Yeah. The, it's like the other shoe dropped where the console version started getting out in the wild and yep all the reviews were done on pc so no one had the console version to realize how yeah. genuinely bad it was and the bugs on pc are are like everyone in the reviews definitely mentioned the bugs on pc um but they're like oh it'll probably be fixed and it'll be fine they didn't realize the extent to how bad it was yeah um and i think Shame i was just them. disappointed main not even because of bugs just because of the lack of features and it just you know it didn't feel like what i wanted it to be unfortunately right. Yeah, shame on shame on CD Projekt Red. I mean, it's just it's really it's really unfortunate that uh, that they did what they did, and and they they yes. knowingly did it. The only person that did it is CD Projekt Red themselves. That no one did this to them. Yeah. So they deal with whatever comes yeah. to them. If you've lost a lot of, I'll tell you what. I bet you people are sure as hell not going to pre-order uh, CD Projekt Red games anymore. I mean, and that <laughs> and that's trust that you're not going to get back from the customer. It's it's very hard to regain that trust. Yes. I mean, think about any product that we buy, and I'm like, hey, Ahmed, don't buy this, you know, whatever. You tell me. It's like, oh, I had a really shitty experience with that. Like that chair, for instance, right? The chair that you bought on Amazon, right? Or whatever it was, wherever you bought it. Oh, the and GT like, racing chair? Yeah, terrible. Yeah. Don't buy GT racing chairs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like right there. Like I don't think they can do anything to win you back unless they send you a new chair that, you know, whatever is, is you know, remarkably better and, and what, what it should have been and what, you know, you thought it was promised to be. But yeah. word of mouth is just so powerful, and all that CD, all that uh, Cyberpunk got was negative press, and and just pretty much shit posts all over the internet. Other memes for days. There's still memes out there now, yep. of of the bugs that are out there, and it's just, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, just it's so unfortunate. Crazy. Anyways, play stupid <laughs> games, now. win stupid prizes. I think this is officially the last time we're mentioning Cyberpunk on this podcast. We've now dedicated like 20 minutes. The next time we talk about it, it's going to be for uh, Cyberpunk 2.0. Yeah, exactly. You got to hold us to that promise. If we talk about Cyberpunk again, add us on Twitter or on Discord or whatever, and yell at us. Uh, <laughs> for the record, by the way, the I think we may have talked about it last week, but the just to remind everyone, the next gen patch got pushed to second half of 2021 as well, which is like a, a joke. I mean, oh I, wait, no, I knew that. I thought you were talking about the bug patches. I was like, are you kidding? No, me? Okay, no, yeah, no, the no. next gen patch. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's fine fix what you have make it playable like there's no reason right. to release a next to release a next gen patch while it's like 10 fps on xbox is like no that's you true gotta, you gotta fix it first i don't think the original xbox is ever going to be fixed to be honest with you but let's see what happens uh yeah i think i think they just kind of went with like oh these settings might work good enough <laughs> close <laughs> your eyes and pray basically like if we turn off everything it should be fine it wasn't oh god um, but i think that's also down to it just not being optimized in general so Anyways, that's it. All good. That's that's no it. No more final parting comments. All right. No. Well, game night this, on Friday apparently, and uh, yes, game night Friday. Join our Discord, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Yes, join the Discord and stay safe. Don't do anything yes. stupid, and uh, we'll catch y'all on the flip side next week for one o three. 
103. All right, this has been episode 102 of What the Funcast. We will catch you on the flip side. Peace. Paul and Ahmed. Wait. Oh. <laughs> this is Paul and Ahmed signing off. Peace. Times two. <laughs>